What is going on, everybody? We're two dudes with sports news. My name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. What it do, what it do, what it do. This is Jalen Prince. All right, Jalen. So really, let's just jump right into this. You know, we talked a little bit before this whole recording about how, you know, there's a couple free agents left that are really key guys and where we kind of see these guys going. I mean, what are you thinking? You got Calais Campbell, you got Stephon Gilmore, and you've got, you know, J.C. Treader, Bobby Wagner, who I know is your guy, Alexander Johnson, and Dewan Brown. I know we got two Seahawks in that right there. Well, the, going going back with Calais, I still am very uncertain as far as where he might go. Um, that one I'm just gonna leave alone because I, there's no there's no surefire. I don't know where he's gonna end up because of his position. A lot of people could use a, a, a Calais Campbell, and I'm trying to think of like championship contenders that would be able to get him, but also be able to pay for him. Also, that might be able. That might be looking heavy at his age. So I mean, that's that. I mean, anybody can use a Calais Campbell, really. I mean, the guy's in his mid to late 30s, and he's still doing great things. Well, okay, I think the top destination I could think of at the top of my head, I, I could see I could see him going back to Arizona. Yeah, I could see that. I, I can't see him go back to Arizona. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like Calais is around the tail end of his career? Like, close to, close to like, do you think he's thinking about retirement? I thought he was thinking about retiring a couple of years ago. Honestly, I thought the Jags were going to be his last stop. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. But again, I'm not a GM. I'm not an agent. I'm not an NFL, you know, anything. And that is one thing, everybody, that we do want to stress. Jalen and I are avid sports fans. Um, you know, we love pretty much any and all sports. But before we get way too into this, um, these are all our opinions and all of our thoughts and speculations. We're not agents. We have no inside sources. This is just what we're looking at from the outside looking in. So a lot of don't come at us too quick. A lot, a lot of speculations, a lot of like assumptions, and a lot of big takes. And a lot of dreaming too. <laughs> so Calais Campbell, Mr. Mayor of Saxonville, if you're listening, come home. I'd love to have you back now. <laughs> so, I mean, let's get into Stephon Gilmore too and J.C. Treader. You know, what do you think? I don't think Gilmore – signs with the team until after the draft maybe that's what that's where i was gonna go big i feel like out of all the free agencies that are big name free agents that are left the ones that are not signed either right now or going on this week they will not be signed until after the draft no absolutely not because especially with bobby wagner you gotta think he's gonna he's gonna be looking for another title well deserved well deserving by the way so i feel like he should wait odell beckham jr he should also wait, especially with the injury, because a lot of people are going to be hesitant on paying him. Now, if somebody gives him the big money right away and he's sure about that, go ahead and take your money. We encourage like all athletes to get their bread, get their chicken while while they're while there's good while it's there, because we understand like the lifestyle of professional sports is not forever. So there's a lot of guy. I feel like we're going to get a lot more signings until after. Draft. I agree. And to quote what you were saying about everybody getting their bread, I want to quote Pat Matt or Pat McAfee, maybe a little loosely when I say this. Um, we want everybody to do as best they can to just make a billion dollars. I mean, like, <laughs> it, we just want everybody to be as successful as they can. But yeah, no, I agree. I don't think a lot of these guys are getting signed until after the draft. It's going to be teams who need a quarterback or sorry, cornerback, need a linebacker, need this you know guy that they weren't able to get in the draft and they didn't want to reach for somebody else. And the guy that they have in the wings just isn't ready to take that step yet. But speaking of draft, I mean, let's just jump right into it. You know, pro days have been happening. You know, teams are starting to kind of 
show their hand without showing their hand. Whenever I look at, you know, pro days and where I think a team's going to start to go, I don't look at, you know, where the scouts go. I look at who, whose team's head coach shows up. If the head coach shows up, you know, there's somebody on the team they're looking at. Then you get to start looking at some of the holes in the roster, you know, some of the moves that they, you think they should make. And it kind of starts to become a little clearer. So, I mean, everybody's been talking about the QBs in this class. It's not one of the strongest QB classes we've seen, especially coming off of the last couple of years. And just based on pro days, I think Malik Willis is the first QB off the board. I do as well. He's uh, the, he's the most highly touted. He impressed a lot, but the biggest thing was how there's been a lot of talk with his move, his mobility, and how he can be able to run the like run the ball very effectively. Um, you know, I was watching Undisputed, and Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp both agreed like he kind of he runs like a running back. Cause they look at the size of his legs. They're not quarterback legs. They're they're like running back type of legs. Nah, he's but got. He has, a, he has a tremendous cannon of an arm. Uh, he's very accurate. The thing is that uh, people are going to be hesitant on is the level of competition that he performed against, and if he's going to be able to carry a franchise. Because, uh, because, like, I looked at his games. I looked at some of his games. Big games rarely show, rarely showed up. It, it's just like it, it's tricky. It's gonna be tricky with him because there's just no guarantees with um, with the squad. Like the dude, like he 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 transferred. Okay, so he transferred out of Auburn. So my Sorry, I'm, you try, I'm, you try, good, I'm really trying to read a schedule. You're all good. So basically, for me, the way I feel about Malik Willis, I mean, he's got legs like Maurice Jones-Drew, Saquon Barkley, you know, A.J. Dillon. He's got those big running back legs that will just carry the team. Now, the big thing for me with Malik Willis is, I mean, that does give you a low center of gravity. It does give you the ability to really put some torque on that ball when you throw it. And you saw that at his pro day. You saw it at the combine. Dude's got a cannon. Yeah, but also here's another thing. We haven't heard any type of reports about the size of his hands. Right, that doesn't matter. If that mattered, Joe Burrow. That's what I'm, I'm trying to fix. That's what I like. <laughs> I mean, we're really good. I, I understand, like, the little things, uh, cold weather, be able to grip the football. We completely understand that. But, like, don't you think that they know that about, the, like, you know, their size of the hands are in, like, certain conditions? They're trained for that. They're going to be fine. They're like, Trying to worry yeah. about the size of the hands. Reminds Can me they tweet throw Joe, it on the money? It reminds me of a tweet Joe Burrow put out right after the combine, I think, last year uh, in his draft year where he said, guys, I'm going to consider retirement now based off my tiny hands. And, uh, you know, you can see how well that took. <laughs> yeah. And to well, go to – Going back with Willis real quick. Yeah. Dude transferred out of Auburn after, um, after the 2018 season. And overall in his career, and I'm looking at the stats right now, he finished his like he was nine and one, he was nine and one in ten starts. I think in 2020 had a 64% completion percentage, 2,250 uh, yards passing, and 20 touchdowns, six ints, and uh, had and had like 944 and. Very close to a thousand yards rushing, so the brother can run the ball. We already understand that. Uh, I mean, but that was in 2020. 
And 2021 took a major step back. He do went eight and five. He went from 64% to 61. Uh, his yardage was up, but so was the interceptions going from six to 12. So that's another, so a little bit of alarming, but not too bad because the tape, because the tape shows what he can do. I agree. Uh, Lance, Lance Zerline, NFL analyst. Um, did a did like a review of him. He said like the NFL comparison. He has an arm of Jay Cutler and the body and play style of a Jalen of a Jalen Hurts. You know, analysts are gonna have their own comparisons. Everybody got their own thing. But when I'm thinking about that, you got a guy that can move like that. But uh, what's the problem with Jalen Hurts? It's been decision making and consistently throwing on the money. That's the thing that I'm gonna be looking with Malik Willis. I mean, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, if if everything goes the way it's supposed to go, like I said, I think he's going to be the first quarterback off the board. There were only two head coaches at his pro day to tie to back in what I always look for when I look at potential teams' picks. It was Matt Rule and Mike Tomlin. Yep. And I don't see Mike Tomlin trading up for him, and Matt I don't Rule, see Carolina Matt letting Rule's him go. Hot seat. I don't see Carolina. I don't see Carolina letting him go. I I think Malik Willis goes to Carolina without a doubt. Yeah, Matt Rule's on the hot seat right now. He he can't mess it up. That's that's the thing. That's the issue with him. So I agree. Um, I mean, do I think Willis is the best quarterback but, in the class? No, I think that's Kenny Pickett. Yeah, pick it. I, I, and, I, well, let me well let me okay let me ask you this: Who has the highest ceiling, Kenny Pickett I, or Malik Willis? I think Pickett's the best quarterback in the class, without a doubt. I think he's got the best arm. He's mobile. He can throw it. He's got the best accuracy. I think he's the best pro-ready quarterback. Um, you know, he reminds me a whole lot of uh, just somebody who he, – he gets it done. I mean, he just gets it done. That fake slide was incredible. That bang. To do, to do that in the moment, that was great. But if we want to go back to the hand size, which means absolutely nothing – I mean, if he can do that with, you know, those those tiny little hands that everybody seems to be so concerned about, which speaking of which, after that happened, apparently a scout came out and said that it means nothing. So it I don't it was an anonymous scout. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I just remember reading that somewhere. It means nothing. I mean, he's got the gloves, he can sling it, he was you know, just throwing it all over the place. He's got that extra grip from the gloves. I think he's got, he may not have, he may have the, or one of the lower floors. He doesn't have the lowest floor. I think he's the most complete prospect for quarterback in this class. And I think he is the best quarterback in this class. And time is going to show that. All right. So out of the top five, out of the top five quarterbacks, you got Willis, you got Pickett, you got Matt Corral, you got Desmond Ritter, and you got Sam Howell. If you want to throw Carson Strong or Jack Cohen from Notre Dame. I don't. there. Okay, so we're going to focus on the five. <laughs> Willis, Pickett, Corral, Rod, uh, Ritter, and and Howell. Which one has the highest ceiling and who has the lowest ceiling out of the five? Pickett has the highest ceiling. Um, I, I got I think, Willis. I think Pickett's got the highest ceiling, and I think it's a toss-up between Corral and Howell for the, the lowest ceiling. So it, basically my big thing with those is – the teams, especially with some of these quarterbacks, so some of these guys are going to fall in the second round. There's no question about it, based off of at least what I'm seeing and what I think. So I think Willis goes to Carolina, and I think, honestly, the hometown hero of Pitt becomes the hometown hero of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Steelers you know him. Pittsburgh doesn't draft people from, Pitt, uh, from Pittsburgh. They will if it's Kenny Pickett. That's what I think. And if Tomlin's going to well, his pro day too, which he did. Wait, did Tom, okay, did, Tomlin did go to the pro day. 
So let me break down those quarterbacks for you real quick. Howell hasn't happened yet. Howell happens on Monday, so we'll know then. The head coaches who went to the pro days of these quarterbacks, Matt Rule and Tomlin, went to both Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. So whoever whoever doesn't take one is taking the other. I think Willis goes to Carolina just because I think Matt Rule likes him better. And I think Kenny Pickett goes to Pittsburgh just because hometown kid. You're going to get those fans in the stands. Pittsburgh travels very well, and they're a diehard fan base. You tie in. Especially the fact uh, like the pet and like, what is it? Uh, the Pittsburgh Panthers? Yep. They play that's at what, Heinz Field. That's what, I'm, that's what I was going into. Not to mention, Kenny Pickett did his pro day in the, like, in the Panthers slash Steelers indoor training facility. Yeah. So, it, like, it met, like, it might. Tomlin wasn't there. That's a red flag. Exactly. That says something. Now, like I said, I could be looking too into it, but he was one of two head coaches who went there. Everybody else in a scout, which is fine. That's what they, they're there for. But if the head coach shows up, there's some genuine interest. At least that's what I think. True. When you look at when you look at Matt Corral, the Panthers GM and head coach were there. Mike Tomlin was there. Mike McCarthy, for some reason. He might have been there for some other reason. I don't think he was there for Matt Corral. And then Arthur Smith and the GM for the Falcons as well. Think about like, I'm, and um, I'm looking at Kenny Pickett's tape. Um, yeah. Kid's a baller, bro, man. He's a ball, he's a baller. I got an issue with gloves. Um, you don't you I, don't like somebody else doing the I'm Teddy not, Two gloves thing? I'm not a big fan of the gloves. If you're a quarterback and you throw on gloves, I've never been a fan of that. It looks hey, weird. if it works, it works. Because if I it works, it works. Like because like I've literally tried to do that back when I played football. I literally tried to throw it with gloves one time. I'm like, I don't know how anybody can do that. I Some people can. Important of it, but like I gotta at least have one uh, one or two fingers out. Like if it were me, like I would get a glove. But my, my like, but uh, my middle finger and my index finger, like those two glove parts are off. The ring finger, and the pinky finger, and the thumb. Yes, they're gonna keep. Like I'm, I'm keeping the glove on there. But like the two fingers, they gotta go. I mean, just goes to show that you know, a we're not Kenny Pickett, <laughs> and you know, hey, it, it's just one of those things where it works for some people. Some people it doesn't. And to get to Desmond Ritter too. Um, Arthur Smith, Mike Tomlin, Rivera for the Commanders, Lovey Smith with the Texans, Dennis Allen with the Saints, and Mike Vrabel were the head coaches at Cincinnati's Pro Day. Now, that could be for a bunch of other people. They have one of the top DBs in the class, so it could be for some other things. But Saints need a QB, and that's the only one that they went to. So I think New Orleans knows that Ritter might be their guy. But, you know, in talent-wise and who I think is going to be the best quarterback, it goes Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, and Sam Howell. And that's no discredit. I love Sam Howell. I've always loved Sam Howell. I just – I don't think he's going to get it done right now. I don't think he's going Look, to be a first-round pick. What? Who are all the teams that need it, that desperately need a quarterback? And I'm talking desperately. Well, let's go break that down. So, Detroit, not really desperately. Houston, yes. The Giants, yes. The Panthers, Yes. The Falcons, yes. The Commanders, yes. Because if we look at no. Carson, you think Wentz is it? No, 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 no. Here's what I mean. <laughs> Desperately need a quarterback. What I mean by that, I mean that they're going to get a quarterback this, this like this year. If Wentz is my quarterback, I desperately need a quarterback. 
I but, think he's he's like Wentz is gonna get one year because Wentz is gonna get one year for the simple fact that he's gonna um it, simply because he's in the NFC East. So going with that, going with that, he might have a better. He's gonna have a better year. Not to mention the Commanders can't really do any worse. No. Heineke, I, I I love Heineke, man. I think that kid's a. I don't. I love I, that kid. I think he's a baller. He's a good a good to decent quarterback, but I don't love him. Hey, we'll see what happens, man. Again, there's a reason why we're not GMs. True. <laughs> but now to go back to what you were saying, Houston needs a quarterback. Giants need a quarterback. Panthers need a quarterback. Falcons need a quarterback. Um, I'll, I'll give you a pass on the Commanders, um, and the Steelers need a quarterback. Saints could probably wait until a later round. Um, I think they need one. I think the Saints will wait until next year. Uh, look, because here's the thing: there's going to be a lot of teams that's going to wait till next year because next year is going to like going to be a like a much, much, much better draft class for quarterback. I think it's got about two or three guys in it, but I don't know if it's got you know. I mean, hey, we'll see. Like I said, only time will tell. But that's kind of it for pro days. I mean, and to get into some more stuff about our teams, you know, I'm hearing a couple rumors about trades. Do you think there's going to be any trades about, you know, people A, trading back, people trading for other needs on the team that could potentially fill other needs that would change, you know, who the team actually drafts? The one I've been hearing, and I know you hate it, um, but nothing would make me happier than to see DK Metcalf come to Jacksonville and put on that, you know, that black teal and gold. Um, <laughs> and I know y'all need some O line help. Seattle, yeah. Um, here's where I'm at with my Hawks. I love my Hawks, but because that we traded our quarterback and we kept Pete Carroll, uh, my mindset is completely negative. That's fair. With, with Seattle, like that's I, fair. I, I like. I'll be shocked if we do something right, but as long as Pete Carroll is there. I have, I don't see any upside with the franchise. As long as he's the head coach, as long as he discussion, as long as he's the head of personnel decisions, as long as he's in charge of that, I have no hope in my Seahawks. As if a head coach, as a head coach, I can get I can be lenient. I got I, I can ease up a little bit. But as both head coach and in charge of personnel decision making, basically being the real GM. I don't trust him, and I have no hope. If there's anybody who can understand the plight that you're in right now, it's me, man. Trust me. I have I have Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke, um, one of the biggest jokes of a GM in the NFL, without a doubt. If you look at his record, he's the only – he had – his best season was a 8-8 eight and eight season. Everything else beyond that was a losing season. Yet he has still found a way to remain employed. And I don't know of any other job in the world where at your best, you're a coin flip on whether you're going to win or lose. That is absurd to me. And I have never understood it. Not only that, Urban freaking Meyer was our head coach, which I was opposed to from the jump. And uh, I was right. And boy, was I right. (laughs) That guy was a nightmare based off all these stories and stuff that are coming out about it, too. 
I mean, just talk about a guy who wasn't ready to coach at the NFL level. At all. I mean, and again, we could say whatever we want from our chairs uh, through microphones and screens because, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But it's nice to know that you were right leading into it. It It's like, okay, that gut feeling was right for a reason. (laughs) I mean, shoot, uh, it just, that's insane. But no, I mean, like with some of that too, to kind of get away from that, I don't want to get too into coaching nightmares and everything too. Nah. I really want to lean in on the draft quite a bit. You know, where's what's our dream scenario for our teams? I mean, for me, I want the Jaguars to trade back, contrary to popular belief. There's defensive ends. This is a deep class for defensive line. This is a deep class for defensive line. But before I get to that at all, there was a report that came out multiple reports that have come out that have said the Jaguars are looking to take Trevon Walker first. Now, I don't That's know. That's another thing I got to look at. I, I need to go ahead and look at this dude's tape. So Trevon Walker reminds me way too much of Caleb on Chason, which is why it terrifies me that we're looking at taking him with a number one overall pick. If you look at Chase on stats, and here's the thing to me, Walker is an athletic freak of nature, and I mean that in the best way possible. Dude is a beast, you got, but so like, was Chase he's six on. Foot, he's 6'5", 272. What's his stats? Uh, so his stats at Georgia, as a career, 32 solo, ta- or 32 solo tackles, 29 assisted, 61 total tackles. 13 for loss, nine and a half sacks, one interception, All right, three passes deflected, and... one fumble recovered, one forced fumble. All right, the nine and a half I like. Nine and a half I like, but as a career? Wait, as a career? As a career. That wasn't a season. Those were his career stats. Yeah, no, those were career stats. If you look at Chason's career stats, 92 total tackles, 46 solo, 46 assists, 19 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks, one forced fumble, four passes defended, no interceptions. You know, no touchdowns, all that fun stuff. So he reminds me way too much of a guy who is an athletic freak. And I don't mean this in a negative way at all. I know how it's probably coming across. Dude is a stud athlete. I'm not trying to take any anything away from him at all. Tremendous strength, man. He had, like, I'm looking at his game against Missouri where he went up against a left, like, left guard. He basically, he bored, he bored and be able to get a, and go for the sack. Yeah, and I'm not trying. Like I said, I'm not trying to take anything. The thing about Trayvon Walker is the brother got tremendous talent. Um, You really just got to count on. He's too raw. That. That and also he got to like you get as a defensive coordinator or head coach. You got to put that dude in a right system. But the thing about it, he's athletic. I like him because of his motor. He has a very high motor. He does. And you can't put him everywhere, but you got to be able to utilize him to his strengths. I agree. He's he's not a number one overall pick. He's That's what I'm trying to get at. He's a, top, he's a top 16 pick, which we'll get into later. He's a first-round first pick. first-round guy, potential a top 20, depending on the need. I, but he's I, not a first overall draft pick. No, I got him. Honestly, man, I got him in the top 10. We'll get into that in a little bit, but I got him in the top 10. Um, I re- like I said, I think he's a good player. He's just not a first overall pick. So what I would love, my ideal scenario, I want my Jags to trade back, 
with somebody who really needs a defensive end, which we do. We well, do. I, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of scout um, scout reports and a, well, a lot of reports saying that y'all might draft uh, Aiden Aiden uh, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. So I again, I like I like his tape. I like the way he plays. He's the highest rated guy in the class, and he seems like a can't miss prospect. There's just something about it, man, that bothers me. I don't know what it is. I mean, he really came on last year, too. He really came on last year. But he was never – he always had help on the other end, which is why I think he would do okay. Which is nothing, he, wrong, nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. And he's he's going to be with the superior Josh Allen um, by far. That, that battle was decided. The battle of Josh Allen's was decided last year. The Jaguars, Josh I'm a, Allen is superior. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm think like I, it's a battle between him and Thibodeau because like I, I can't really decide which one is better. I think Thibodeau's a better prospect. I do. I think he's because Thibodeau didn't have that help that Hutchinson had with Ojabo, and that's Everything. not trying to take anything. That's not taking anything away from any of those dudes. Those dudes are dogs. They will fight. They got a big motor. They're incredibly talented guys. There's a reason they're all considered first round picks. Like Hutchinson reminds me of a Nick of a Nick or a Joey Bosa. He reminds me. Of, he reminds me of the Bosa brothers. The way he utilizes his hands, the way he makes plays, and also the dude wears number ninety seven. Bosa brothers all wore that in, in college. What's ironic, he went to Michigan. He did not go to Ohio State. <laughs> the so, anti-Bosa. Ho- hopefully, hopefully, Ohio State listeners or Michigan listeners do not like take offense to that. I'm sure we'll be all right, man. I hope they don't come after us. I think Thibodeau is a better prospect if you're looking at DN. But what I want, I want us to trade back, buy a, or get a couple more picks because we need it. We do. We're not a complete team because no disrespect towards Zay Jones. He's not that dude. Marvin Jones is getting older. Christian Kirk, I like the pick and I like the signing, but I think we paid him too much money. But hey, that's just me. Too much again. Wanted to be a be a W two. Yeah, I mean, and that's just me. Like I said, I'm not a GM. I'm not a coach. I'm not a finance dude. I mean, you know, I I I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. I hope he blows up this year and becomes one of the top three receivers in the league. Nothing to make me happier. I want us to trade back because I think we need more help and I think we can get a solid defensive end on the other end of Josh Allen while still getting draft capital. I want us to trade back. I'd love for us to trade back with the Jets, have them go up, take Thibodeau. Uh, then we take either Evan Neal or um, Equonu at NC State, who has been skating up draft boards. He came Equonu at NC State, yeah. He's 6'4", 320, and he's a guard, and we definitely need some help on the other end of guard because Brandon Treff is going to do just fine, but Norwell's gone. A.J. Can is gone. Ben Barch is done okay in the past, but hes I don't know if he's ready to start yet. Again, that's just me. So our tackles are set. Our right guard is set. Our center is set, but we have a weakness at left guard. Question, did y'all let go of D.J. Chark? Uh, yeah, he's in Detroit right now, which okay. I'm not happy about. It's like, I ain't happy about that one. But no, so like I want the Jags to trade back, take Ikemi Kwonu, because I think he could be a dude. So if you look at what he did as a run blocker, he was one of the best ones in the country by far. And if there's a strength that the Jaguars have, it's in that gem of running back we have with James Robinson. And I'm really excited to see what ETN does uh, when he's healthy. 
But if we trade back, we could potentially take that defensive end out of Florida State, Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, who is his stock is going up. I look at his, I look at his tape. He got, he got you want to talk about a motor? Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about a motor and somebody who's going to fall? There's another, of, there's another edge rusher that kind of reminds me um, of a, a much shorter Calais Campbell, and that's the dude from Purdue, Karloftis. Yeah, George Karloftis looks good. Like I said, I'd be okay with him too. I just, I want Jermaine Johnson, and then. Honestly, there's a linebacker that I would love to get. We were talking about it a little earlier before we started recording. Leo Chanel is an athletic freak. And I know I was, you know, pushing down an athletic freak earlier. Um, but I think we could take him into the third round easily. His pro day measurables were absolutely insane. I mean, if you look at his pro day, he's 6'2". 250, 4.53 40-yard dash, 40-inch vertical jump, 10-8 broad jump, agility with a 3.94, three cones with a 6.84, and a 34 rep on the bench press. That dude is a monster, and I would love to see him in a Jaguars uniform. Leo Chanel, I highly doubt you're listening, but if you are, come to Jacksonville, please. All right. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to see you, man. But yeah, no, you get into your Seahawks, man. What are you thinking? Uh, we're not gonna get to them until we get to that draft pick. So, like, your Jazz got number one, and your Jazz got the number one draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit got number two. Yep. I think they go Hutch. It is local. It's if Hutch. If y'all don't get him, uh, it's definitely he. He's not. Aiden Hutchinson not getting past number two. No, he's not making a basketball. He's not track. getting past number because that's the only guarantee in this draft. That's literally the only guarantee in this draft is Aiden Hutchinson to the Detroit Lions. Because if you want to talk about need, it's there. If you want to talk about like, uh, if you want to talk about a marketing strategy, it's there. Yeah. You want to talk about ticket sales, it's there. Detroit needs a spark, and Aiden Hutchinson would be a perfect spark. He'll stay. He'll stay. He'll stay in the home state. He's already a guy. He's already. Um, I don't want to say a hero, but he's already – okay, he's a home – where is he from originally? Is it originally from Michigan? I don't know off the top of my head. Genuinely have no idea. Oh, he's from uh, – he is. He's from Plymouth, Michigan. He's a local kid. So he's a local kid, and he'll have – like, this will make too much sense. Michigan can't mess this up. No. Now, I used to- uh, Detroit cannot make uh, cannot mess this up. Not to mention they, have, they haven't had an edge rusher like with his potential going back to Ziggy Anza. That might be a sore spot too. I don't know how well I don't remember Ziggy doing too well. Uh he, he, he was too banged <laughs> up. I mean, hey, that's fair. You can't stay healthy. I mean it and that's no knock against him. Injury, I mean, you're only as good as you are when you're on the field. So the numbers aren't there, then that's it. But now let's get into the draft real quick too. Before we get into that, let's talk about guys who we think we're going to fall. Um, we talked about a little bit earlier. I think, unfortunately, Ojabo is going to fall just because of that really unfortunate injury. Um, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. You know, you hate to see it. You really do. Um, we wish him a quick and speedy recovery, and we really want him to, you know, get back on his feet and play at the level he was at. Um, but unfortunately, I do think that that's going to cause him to drop a little bit. Um, Kind of like a Jalen Smith role, uh, where he just drops into early in the first or early in the second round, or like a Miles Jack scenario where he just drops into early in the second round and just dominates right after that. 
And then Damone Clark with his spinal fusion surgery is going to cause him to fall. Because, I mean, if you look at how he is in this class, he's one of the top linebackers in the class until you have the spinal surgery. Because that's going to make, unfortunately, a lot of teams are going to question that. So, I mean, like I said, I hopefully that recovery from the surgery goes well as well. I mean, we wish him nothing but the best, but I think those two guys are going to fall a little bit, unfortunately, due to the scenarios that they're in. What about you? We're talking the third overall pick, right? Texans, yeah. Texans need a lot of old talent. Texans are taking Evan Neal. Like I said, they just need to, they, Texans are one of those teams that need to load up on time. Evan Neal, like, Evan Neal, okay, I can see it. Uh, I can also see Kyle Hamilton. I can see Derek Stingley. I can see Sauce Garden. The Houston Texans just need to load up on talent because they really need everything. I think Evan Neal, because you're going to want to protect that quarterback, um, whether it's Davis Mills or if they take somebody else. You know, if they take Ritter in the second round, you know, who knows? We'll see. Um, but I definitely think they take Evan Neal to start. I wouldn't be surprised if the, if the Texans even take a quarterback. I, w- I wouldn't even be surprised. Yeah, regardless, they need help on that O-line. Yeah. Now, in my dream scenario – the Jags have traded back with the Jets, so the Jags are at four. Then they take a Quonu. But if for some reason they don't, and this just falls the way it falls, I still want my Jags to take a Quonu first. I don't think Thibodeau makes it past the Jets. He's a New York player, if I've ever seen one. He's a nasty D lineman. I think he'll do just fine in New York. Okay, so who you got, who you got going to New York? I got Thibodeau going to New York, but only because I got Thibodeau and the er, – Honestly, I think Thibodeau just loves New York don't. anyways. Who you got? Him going to the Jets. Who all right. I got either Evan Neal mm-hmm. or the dude from Mississippi State or Charles Cross from Mississippi State or Tyler Lindenball. The Giants and the media have complained about not them not having an office line. Oh, what do you do? You do not have an office line. What a shame. But because like New York is the number one, is the media capital of the world, their complaints are much louder than everybody else's. They've been complaining about like offensive line for years. I don't see them. I don't see them not using that first round pick. What one of two? They either get two offensive linemen or offensive linemen or D line. I'd be shocked if they get anything else. Actually, no, I wouldn't. If they don't get an offensive lineman with one of those two first-round draft picks, I'd be shot. Yeah, I'd give you that. But I don't. I see them getting offensive line. What do you think about the Giants? That's what I said. The Giants. I was talking about the Jets. Oh, oh! I thought you were talking about the Jets. <laughs> You're good, uh, man. I, sorry, it's like, and I'm about. Oh, no, you still right? Oh, no, Giants need O line help. Don't worry about that. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, everything with Giants. But to go with the Jets, um. Yeah, that's, okay. I can see Thibodeau. I can see Thibodeau. That's a problem when you got two New York teams drafting. I, I, I say Thib- I say Thibodeau. Um Jets got two first round picks, right? Jets and uh Giants do yeah, they both do actually. Okay, so I say with the first pick, I get Thibodeau. You don't pass up on talent like that. And with their second pick, um I I'll say they'll go into your offensive line. No, scratch that. 
that I remember they they drafted uh that dude out of Troy that, that dude at a USC last year. That guard. I got them USC. taking Zion Johnson at a Boston College. Guard. Yeah. I'm gonna say they get. I'm gonna say they get a. I'm gonna say they get a receiver. Hey, we'll see. I'll say they get a receiver. So, like, whatever, whatever type of receivers left by the time we get their second pick, that that's a, that's who I believe it's gonna go. I think it's gonna be plenty. Uh, but no, so I think I think the Jets get Thibodeau, and then I think the Giants do the most Giants thing I could think of, and I think they take Trevon Walker. That's only that'll be that's only that'll be a good spot. That's a good spot for him. I, I think he could do well in New York. Now we get into Carolina. Malik Willis. I, I said it at the top of the show. I'm not gonna go Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. I'm Who do you not, think? not not for Carolina? Here's where I'm gonna go. With a guy like Matt Rule. I'ma say, I'ma say this is gonna be the surprise of the draft. Okay. I think the Carolina Panthers will draft Sam Howell, and his pro day will be the reason why. Okay. So I think we just found because out. Remember, because remember when we talked about like how Kenny Pickett will be with the Steelers, and yeah. Aiden Hutchinson will be with the um, with the D, with the Detroit Lions. I right. see the same thing with Sam Howell. Okay. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they will. I'll say the Panthers will reach because they're that desperate to get a quarterback. So I think we just found a new segment for what we're gonna do in the future. Um, sure. I think what we can do is, and we'll take pot shots at each other on this, but we can look at bad takes because I mean we'll see. I mean you might be right. That seems like a very Matt Rule thing to do. Um, you might be very right on that, and I might be very wrong on some of the things I'm saying too. So we'll see. We can look at you know. That's something we could talk about after the show. But anyways, I think Malik Willis, you think they go Sam Howe because of his pro day. Yep. We'll see what happens. Um, Giants pick number two. I think the Giants do something incredibly stupid again where they don't address the O-line yet again, but I think they're going to address mm-hmm. it in the second round. Remember, um, I, remember, I already said that the Giants are addressing offensive line with the first pick. Mm-hmm. This one, they go I, another offensive lineman, or this could be Trayvon Walker. Or this could be uh, just another uh, or another defensive lineman. I think it's Hamilton. I still see linemen. The only reason why I don't see DB is because it's because of the biggest need for them. I think it's Hamilton, and I think it's Hamilton because Kyle Hamilton is a. You, again, you want to talk about freak athletes? I think Kyle Hamilton, or I can't speak. I think Kyle Hamilton drops to the Giants, and they look at each other and they go, "Why is he still here?" And then they take him because he's the best guy available regardless of whatever needs they may have. So that's what I'm thinking. Again, we'll see. You know, you think O-line. Let's hop into Atlanta, too. So I think Atlanta takes Sauce Gardner, and they try to revive primetime defensive backs in Atlanta. Um, Because you can't tell me they don't need help at DB. They – I can see Sauce. I can see Stingley. I I can see office alignment as well. I don't like Stingley. It's just personal preference, but if you look at how he's done over the past, uh, he's dropped off. Remember, heavily. He, he was bang, he was banged up. No, he was banged up, but I mean that also kind of gives me a little bit of room for concern with injuries. Um, so, but I mean, hey, like I said, I, again, I'm not a GM, I'm not a head coach. You know, just personal preference. I think there are better quarterbacks than Derek Stingley in this draft, but that's just me. So, 
That's where I'm at. But I think they go Sauce Gardner because I think he, I think it'll be, that's a good pick for Atlanta and they need help at DB. So that's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? I say Atlanta gets a receiver. Okay. Who do you think? Drake London. Okay. Either Drake, either Drake London. Well, let me ask you this. Who, who do you think is the best receiver in this draft? Traylon Burks. All right. Then let's go Traylon Burks. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, we'll see. I got Trey Burks coming off the board next. Um, if that DK Metcalf trade I want to happen happens, which it probably won't. I got Seattle taking Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. Uh, if this was a perfect world, Seattle drafts Malik Willis. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, no faith in Drew Locke at all? At all. <laughs> and we're that desperate. Okay. Hey, we'll see what happens. But like going back to Atlanta's pick, I think they get. I think let's let's look at Atlanta's situation. Right. They are depleted with talent. Right. So prospect wise, you got Drake London, you got Traylon Burks. That's it. Receiver. You go off right. the line. You'll have Charles. You got either Charles Cross, uh, left or Lennon or Lennon Bomb. Defensive line, you got a potential of Trayvon Walker and also Jordan Davis. And that's a big and that's a big one to me. Also, I won't be surprised if, K- if Kayvon Thibodeau falls all the way down that line. That's another one. Um, Kyle Hamilton, I won't be surprised. Atlanta needs to load up on elite talent because Marcus Mariota can give them a year, but Falcons fans need to be honest with themselves. Uh, they, they need to be honest with themselves. They're not going to win a Super Bowl like in uh, for a while. They need to load up on talent. So I think this is a load up on talent type of pick. But going with Seattle, get Willis. In a perfect world, they get Willis. But because this is not a perfect world, and Pete Carroll's still in charge, we get Sauce Gardner. Okay. Or worse, or, or we'll get Hamilton. Not even worse. Or we'll get Hamilton. Those aren't bad picks My either. My worst fear in case scenario. We draft a running back. <laughs> hey, we'll see. I don't think I, I don't have a, I don't think I have a running back in one of the first round, but we'll see. No. So, to go back to what you were saying about Atlanta taking a no lineman at center, I don't think Linderbaum goes to Atlanta because Hennessy's coming into his own. Lindstorm did great at guard. Matthews has been solid. They got a weakness at left guard and they got a weakness at right tackle. So. If they're going O line, they're going left guard or right tackle. So if they're going O line, I, I got I still think they take sauce. But if they're going guard, I think they take the cat out of uh Texas AM. Keon Green out of Texas AM. That's right. Kenyon Green out of Texas AM. So I think, yeah, if they go guard, they're taking Kenyon Green and they're having to play left guard. But I think they take sauce guard. I don't think you could pass that up. Uh time for the Jets second pick. And I got Zion Johnson. You gotta protect. Protect, protect Mormon Mahomes. You got to protect Zach Wilson. What you think? I'm with it. All right. So we got that one. Washington. I think Washington gets help for God bless whoever the quarterback's going to be. Uh, I think- Washington, I think they go offensive line because they did just lose uh, Brendan Sharif. Brendan Sheriff. Yep. I think they Oh, also, I can't see them get a cornerback because I've been talking. I've been thinking about this for a while. Washington's defense has a chance to be elite. They do not yep. have a shutdown guy. 
I right. think they might. If Stingley does not go within those few rounds, I think he goes to Washington. I think Washington takes Garrett Wilson, or they take McDuffie at a Washington. So you want Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Terry McLaughlin, uh, Terry McLaughlin and Kurt Sam- Samuels all on the same team. You want nothing but Buckeye, Buckeye receivers. I think it happens. I think you get three solid receivers. And you, you put know a in the slot. I can see Garrett. Well, I forgot about Garrett Wilson and Chris. Mm-hmm. I can see Garrett Wilson um, go to Atlanta. But like I said, Atlanta's loading up on uh, Atlanta's lo- need to load up on talent. Atlanta needs everybody. They need everybody. So I mean, hey, we'll see how that goes. But no, I think Washington either takes Garrett Wilson or they take uh, McDuffie out of Washington, who is a stud corner that I don't think. I think it. Again, I, it just may be my bias towards Stingley. I don't think Stingley's in the top two corners off the board. I think he's the third corner off the board. Then who's, um, the, second, then who's the second corner? McDuffie. I think McDuffie's the second corner off the board. Um, if Washington goes corner, they take McDuffie. Um, I think the Vikings, who are the next pick, are the ones who take Stingley. Okay. I don't like – to be honest with you, I don't even know what the Vikings even need. So if we pull up their roster – so, I mean, I think – you can never have too many corners. I feel like never too many solid corners, and that like yeah, Singley's not my favorite person, but he's not a bad corner. Oh my god! Okay, yeah. According to PFF, they need a corner because their two starting corners are Chris Boyd, is the corner who has a thirty nine overall grade from PFF, and then Cameron Dantzler has a seventy three overall grade. So you have an okay corner, and then you have a warm body at corner. So. I think the Vikings take Stingley. They are taking a cornerback. There's no questions about it. All right. So let's knock out these last couple picks. I think the Texans, with their second pick in the first round, take your boy Drake London because like said, they need help with receiver. Like I said, they're, lo- they're loading up on talent too. I think they go. I think they go London as well. I, I can see Chris Olave. I could see Olave too. I could see Olave. Now you mentioned Jordan Davis. Is there a more Ravens-esque player who is the pick after the Texans than Jordan Davis? So what bring, now? I think Jordan Davis goes to the Baltimore Ravens, bring back those Hello Nacho days. Ravens got what pick? Uh, they get the pick right after the Texans. Yeah, I, I, I see Jordan Davis. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, they got pick 14. Uh, Jordan Davis is not making it out of the top 16. I mean, that guy is a monster of a yep. D-lineman. That guy is a monster. You know, Yeah, it's insane. So next one, you got Eagles with back-to-back picks, one from the Dolphins, one from the Colts. I got the Eagles going linebacker first with Devin Lloyd, and then whoever's left between Olave and Burks with Traylon Burks or Chris Olave, that's who I think they pick up next. I think they get some help because Rager ain't it. No, no. Um, I can also see Jameson. I can also see, even though he got hurt, I can still see Jameson Williams. I can see Jameson Williams. Somebody who already has that chemistry because William or Williams was there. No, he got there after Hertz left. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Wait, Maybe say that again. Hertz left before Williams got or Will. Yeah. No, Hurt Hurt been gone way before Williams got there. Because remember Williams Williams JMO didn't get the Bama. JMO's first year with Bama was last year. Because remember okay. he was at Ohio State. That's right. That's right. He was Ohio State transfer that didn't get no playing time with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. That's right. So yeah, he yeah okay. And ended up being the best receiver um, like last year. 
honestly, if you want to keep a guy and get some chemistry with Hertz, I would take Mechie, but in like the second or third round. Mechie ain't getting it, and Mechie is not going to be a first-round pick. No, I was saying second or third. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up for today, man. We're sitting at about 53 minutes, so yeah. thank you, everybody, for listening, um, however many sorry, of you may be. Sorry we bored you. <laughs> thank you well, for sticking with us for all 50-plus minutes. You know, yeah. this is our first time of recording this. This is our first episode, so we will get better over time. Rate us five stars. Like us, whatever you got to do. Feed those algorithm gods. Make sure we get as high up in the ratings as we can. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you next time.